You're listening to The Itch, a podcast exploring all things allergy, asthma, and immunology. I'm your co-host, Courtney, a real-life allergy, asthma, and eczema girl. And I'm your second host, Dr. Payal Gupta, a board-certified allergy, asthma, and immunology doctor. Courtney and I hope to balance each other out so that we get you all the information that you want and need about allergies, asthma, and immunology. Hi, everyone. So today we're going to be talking about Courtney, and I'm really excited because I've, I've talked to her about this, but I feel like we haven't really, really delved into it. And I really am excited for all of you to know a little bit more about Courtney and all the things that she's doing um, with her blog and with multiple blogs, actually, and all the information that she's giving to the allergy community. Um, and so, yeah, let's get into it. Let's jump start and find out who is Courtney and why did she start this blog? Courtney, why don't you tell us how your allergy journey began? Sure. Um, so I guess my parents got introduced into the world of allergies when I was two months old, um, because my dad was eating a peanut butter sandwich and apparently I was looking at him with like these little baby eyes and he's like, oh, she also wants to have some peanut butter sandwich. And he put a little bit of peanut butter on the bottom of my like lip and I exploded and doubled in size, you know, and my parents just watched this baby react. And, um, you know, I'm two months old and they have no idea what's going on. So they take me to the hospital and then they're told that I have a peanut allergy. Um, and then at four years old, I had a bunch of allergy testing done and they were just handed this list of food that I couldn't eat. And since then I've developed more, I guess, true allergies. So I've had more allergic reactions. Um, I have OAS, so I have oral allergy syndrome. So there's a lot of fruits and vegetables I can't eat raw, but most of them I can eat cooked. Um, I also have always had eczema and asthma since I can remember. So I kind of like live with all three of these things and I know that my asthma and eczema kind of come and go, but obviously when you have food allergies, they never disappear. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, you started off as that allergic little kiddo. So you started off with eczema. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, we talked about the atopic march in one episode and that's, I pretty much followed that. So I had eczema really, really early on. I mean, I was always kind of an uncomfortable, itchy baby. And then up until, you know, up until I was in high school, it was always around and it's always been a problem in the summer, my eczema. Like I get flares and heat and when I get sweaty. Um, And then, you know, as an adult in the last five years, it's kind of been ever present on my hand and arms uh, until I went to see my allergist last year and we started getting that under control. And that was after meeting you and actually deciding that, oh, I don't have to live with this every day. There are, there are things I can do. Um, yeah. And then same with my asthma. So my asthma, I used to take a preventative up until my mid teens and then I stopped and then I moved to Berlin and the pollen here is different. So, you know, uh, my seasonal allergies just like kind of freaked out. Um, and that really impacted my asthma. Um, and I went a couple of years really with having very uncontrolled asthma and I'm finally back on a preventative. Um, so hopefully come, you know, the end of March, early April, I will 
be able to get through the next three months without <laughs> constantly waking up at night, not being able to breathe, and maybe being able to see <laughs> a little bit clearer, um, and not always carrying like a pack of tissues in my pocket. So we'll see how it goes now that I've gotten a little bit better. And I know that immunotherapy is something I've talked about with my allergist, but I haven't started. Anyways, that's my journey in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. So, um, so you started with the eczema, then you got diagnosed with the peanut allergy. Then it sounds like you had further testing at the age of four, um, diagnosed with more food allergies and, um, and then throughout all of this, the eczema has kind of been persistent, the asthma has kind of been persistent and has had its ups and downs, um, which is normal for asthma and eczema. The food allergy aspect, though, is probably, is that the part that you kind of focus on in your blog or do you, do you touch on everything? And um, can you talk about how the blog kind of started? Yeah. So the food allergy is the main topic just because that's like, you know, something you are always constantly dealing with with food allergies. Um, and just as an aside, like both my asthma and eczema kind of come and go. And um, what I was realizing, I was normalizing my asthma and eczema, so I wasn't controlling it. And I didn't realize how much it was impacting my life until I started talking to people like you. So that's why uh, now the blog is looking a little bit more at those two aspects because I'm finding out that a lot of people also live with these things but they don't talk about them just like food allergies but I think food allergies are a lot more present in the media at the moment as well um, but yeah so my my blog started with food allergies you know as an adult with food allergies sometimes it feels very isolating and it's kind of a weird thing to manage because I felt for a long time that food allergies were seen as like a children's disease and so when people found out I had food allergies, they didn't know how to respond. And I, I was always afraid they were going to treat me like a child because that's they associate food allergies with children. So I was kind of looking for a little community to rely on because, you know, going out to a bar or spontaneously going out to eat with friends isn't something that I like doing because I need to have more control over my environment especially with um, multiple food allergies. So I have a peanut, tree nut, soy, sesame, like those are the big four for me. I have multiple other ones, but those are the ones that really impact my life the most. Yeah, so I was looking for community online, honestly, a couple of years ago, and I couldn't really find one. But what I was seeing was so many like allergy moms and allergy parents. And um, I saw this trend of like dialogue of fear which made me really nervous actually for the kids who are living with these food allergies. And if all these parents are so fearful, how is that translating to how they're telling their kids or how they're helping their kids manage their allergies? And I, you know, it kind of put a fire in my belly to start a blog and say, look, I'm, I'm still here. I'm traveling. I'm eating. I'm living a full life. Like you can do that with food allergies. Oh, I love that. That is so important, especially I, I see that all the time. And, and it makes sense that a parent is anxious, you know, because you're responsible for this little tiny part of you. And you don't want anything to ever happen, especially when it feels like there's you have control over it, you know, and so I think that anxiety is so natural and so understandable. But um, like you said, it needs to be tempered with, um, 
the don't worry, you can do everything still, you know, and I think that's the voice that a lot of actually kids with chronic conditions, whether it's food allergies or asthma or um, diabetes or any kind of, you know, chronic um, condition, they need to hear that, that yes, there's things that you need to be aware of. There's things that are special about the way that you need to move through life, but that you can still move through life, that you can still travel, that you can still go to college and have fun and that you can still just be a citizen of the world in the way that you want to and not feel inhibited. Yeah, it's true. It's there's like, um, now I feel like there's much more of a community online of adults sharing their stories, Yeah, which is really great. And, you know, connecting with other adults with food allergies and talking to them about their experience growing up and how we all wish, or we all feel like it would have been different if we had met someone with food allergies who's older than us. Like maybe we would have all felt a little bit more confident in speaking up for ourselves earlier on and, you know, had just a little bit more ownership over having allergies instead of being embarrassed by them or not even saying that you had them and then just avoiding situations because you wanted to avoid talking about them. It's nice to be a part of this community and to help, you know, show kids that you can go travel and you can go out you just have to do things a little bit differently or you just have to know what situation makes you uncomfortable and how do you manage that I create kind of a set of rules for myself that help me navigate these situations and that's what I want to share with my blog that's great and when did you start your blog I started it three and a half years ago I started it in secret (laughs) um I yeah and then I slowly started rolling it out on social media Um, I just wasn't sure where a voice like mine landed in the world of allergies. Wow. And it's such an important voice. And, and you have a background in, um, in social media and graphic design and things like that, right? Can you talk a little bit about that too? Sure. So I actually have a theater history. So I I have a degree in theater. Wow. Um, (laughs) and I, so I studied theater uh, for my BA and my MA, but, uh, I was always doing like social media on the side. So one thing I was really interested in, in theater was audience development. And that was the time when social media started becoming something businesses looked at as a marketing tool. And, um, yeah, so I started, you know, doing, Facebook for like a theater company and then I told people what I was doing and they were really interested like other businesses They're like, can you do that for me? And I did that as like a side job in university And then when I decided to move to Germany, I made it more of a full-time job because I didn't I don't do theater anymore in Germany so that became my primary job and then I think you know moving to another country feeling kind of lost looking for a community I happened to stumble upon the allergy community and I started my blog at the same time. And you moved to Germany just so everybody knows because? Oh, my husband's German. Yes. And you guys met in college? We met in college. So we both met in college in Chicago. Our path has led us finally to Berlin. That's great. That's great. And you you like Berlin. Oh, I love Berlin. Everyone should come to Berlin. I'll take you to allergy-friendly restaurants. <laughs> great. That's great. No, I, I remember I, I did a backpacking trip through Europe, and I I remember really liking Berlin. It's a, it's a very cool city. And I think it's gotten even cooler since then because I'm going to age myself. But that was almost uh, 
almost uh, 15 years ago, 15, 20 years ago that I was in Germany. So um, I think it's changed a lot from what I've heard. It's gotten even cooler and better. Yeah, I mean, Berlin, I think the first time I was in Berlin was 10 years ago. And um, I've been here, oh my gosh, 2013. So, and I've, the, the amount of change that's gone on in this city is crazy. And very positive allergy changes too. So that's good. That's great. Um, that's awesome. And then, um, so now what do you think from starting the blog? What do you, besides creating a community and having all these people that you can kind of share your experiences with, what, what's the question that you're asked most often? Oh, so one big trend is traveling with food allergies. A lot of people want to know how to do it. <laughs> you know, how do you go somewhere where you don't speak the language? How do you go somewhere where you don't know the cultural ways? You know, how do you talk about your allergies? Are allergies something that this country even knows about? Because, you know, in the U.S., allergies are a lot more present than in Germany, for instance. So a lot of people want to know how you navigate that. I mean, getting on a plane with the food allergy is always very nerve-wracking. They're unpredictable. You don't know what the passenger beside you is going to pull out to eat. How do you deal with that? Um, so, you know, with the blog came another project called Allergy Travels. At one point, we're talking to Emma, um, who's part of Allergy Travels. Um, and then there's Ali Bon and Kyle Dine. And they're, so the four of us have come together to create an online community for people traveling with allergies because for me that's like the biggest you know that's the biggest question I get that's amazing and I know that there is an allergy bloggers conference too that was just started I think was it last year or the year before I think it's been going on for maybe four or five years oh wow okay yeah but I've only I've been the last two years and yeah we talked Ali Bon and I talked about traveling with food allergies at the conference this past November. Um, and it's really nice to see a lot more people getting confident in doing that. And there's, a, I mean, there are tons of resources out there nowadays to travel with food allergies. And I think the biggest change and the biggest thing that a lot of people are pushing for for people with food allergies is to bring allergy cards or chef cards with you to make dining out with food allergies a lot easier because I know that like restaurants see us obviously as customers hopefully they want us as customers as well and it's about bridging that gap and how do we make it easier for a kitchen to cook for us yeah I know Allie I've, I've seen her post a lot about chef cards because I follow her on Instagram and um, I guess can you just talk about chef cards for two minutes since we were mentioning it just because people might not be totally aware of what they are yeah so a chef card is um, there are lots of different ones you can have there are templates online that maybe we can link to but I make mine, personally, I make mine and I get them printed because I have a lot of food allergies and I actually have to like pull it out sometimes and be like, so I can remember what I'm telling people. But what it is, is it's basically a card that just says like food allergy warning and then it lists all my allergens and at the bottom I have a little explanation of what cross contact is and how to cater to someone with food allergies. So please ensure that all the utensils you use are clean that you use a clean pot and a pan and the cutting board is new or clean. And I give that to the waiter. So basically the way I go about ordering is I have multiple food allergies. This is um, a list of them. And then I tell them what I would like to eat. But then I tell them that if it's not an option, I'm open to whatever the chef feels most comfortable cooking for me. Um, and I say, here's my card. Can you please hand this to the chef so that they can read 
all of the allergens and tell me what can happen like or whether it can happen because I have had um, chefs tell me multiple times that they can't cater to me and I would much rather have them look at my card and say no I can't do this safely you can't eat here than attempt to make me something that is not potentially safe you know so that's the kind of the thing is like I can't go into the kitchen and talk to the chef directly but the chef card can for me that's great. That's that's an awesome. And I think we, we definitely should like provide people a link on our website for this podcast episode. That would be great. Because um, I, I really I think that's awesome. And what's funny is I this is not a chef card because I, I don't have food allergies, but I'm a vegetarian. And um, and I was traveling in China and in China, like English is just a huge, I mean, the language is a huge barrier. And, um, and so I had, I was staying in hostels and I had the woman at the hostel write for me in Chinese that I'm a vegetarian and what that means. Like I don't eat fish. I don't eat, you know, um, any type of meat, um, because vegetarian means very different things to a lot of different people. And so, um, and so I, when I saw the chef card concept, I thought of, my very funny attempt at doing that on my own when I was traveling because yeah and it was funny because I would give it to the waitress and they would like look at it and basically like shake their head like no we can't do anything for you (laughs) at a lot of restaurants and I would just have to leave you know and I I just so I I totally when I when I've seen your posts or Allie's posts about that I I can totally sympathize a little bit um in that respect where people just were like, I can't, we can't, we can't come help you. Um, so good luck. <laughs> Find a different restaurant where you can eat something. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really interesting. Like what chef cards do. Like a lot of the times people come in and they're, they see the chef card and they're like, Oh my God, what do you eat? <laughs> I'm like, well, I just ordered something that's definitely got none of my allergens in it. So obviously I eat something. Um, but it's always a really good icebreaker, and I feel like every time a waiter sees it, it's like a little allergy advocating right there. You know, you teach them a little bit more about what it's like to live with food allergies and how challenging it can be to eat out, but how how easy it can also be to cater to food allergies. You know, I think we get a little bit more stressed out than we should about making it harder than it is. Yeah, and I, and I also love that... Um you guys talk about how you should get it translated in different languages, depending on where you're going. That's like great. Um, and now there's so many resources online where you can do that without paying somebody. Um, and yeah, there's just so many cool creative ways to like be able to eat out. And I have to put a plug in for New York city because I am just constantly impressed um, by so many restaurants that I've been to and I have to stop and really thank the waiter and just congratulate them as an allergist, uh, because they're, I, I feel like it's just become a part of the kind of norm, at least in New York city, you know, before the waiter is done, they'll say, do you have any allergies that I need to be aware of? And it's almost like what we do in medicine, you know, before we prescribe a medication, Oh, and do you have any medication allergies, you know, and I just love that they're using that same concept in the restaurant of do you have any allergies that we need to be aware of? And I've even had the, the um, 
waiter go to the next level of, do you have your EpiPen with you? <laughs> you know, uh, or, you know, just like, it's just, it's very, it's very cool, you know, because I've gone out to eat with a friend who had a peanut allergy and they actually asked her that. And I just was like, wow, this is really cool. Like how far we've come because I couldn't see that conversation happening even like two or three years ago, to be honest. Yeah. When I, I, I remember eating in New York a couple of years ago and I handed my allergy card over and the waiter didn't bat an eye. And sometimes when there's like no expression, I get really nervous. So I'm like, oh, is that OK? Is everything fine? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. No worries. And I was like, really? Because when they say no worries, I like it's like a red alert for me sometimes because I feel like they aren't taking it seriously. And he's like, no, I see these all the time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you've seen an allergy card before? And he's like, oh, yeah, I've seen these before. And I was so amazed. And I was like, you're the first waiter who has seen one of these before. That's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. That's why I love New York City, where it's full of so many diverse concepts and people and everything. It's the best city in the world, I guess, outside of Germany for you. But I love it. I, I lo really love New York City for so many different reasons. But I, I have noticed that a lot at the restaurants, and I really, really love it. So what is the most challenging part of living with anaphylaxis? Well, I guess eating out is a big challenge. And I think there's it's hard to be spontaneous. You know, as an adult, I think it probably changes depending on where you are in life and what you're up to. But I know that spontaneity has always been a bit of a hard thing for me. Uh, you know, if we have a change in plans, that, that takes a lot of energy in my brain to rewire what we're going to do. Um, because I like to prepare for any situation. You know, I like to just think a couple of steps ahead. Where can I potentially encounter an allergen? How do I, you know, mitigate risk? Uh, for instance, we went bowling last week for my nephew's birthday and bowling alleys are kind of like synonymous with people eating peanuts so I had already prepared that I might encounter peanuts and I did but it's also knowing okay you're probably gonna encounter people eating peanuts how do you manage that you find the one bowling ball of a weird color and you clean it and you make sure no one else plays with it you know there's like these small little things that you always have to think about so I think piggybacking off of spontaneity is just this idea of, you know, you're always thinking a lot about everything that's going on and sometimes it can get exhausting. And I think some a hard part of managing allergies is just getting people to understand that, you know, I can't just go and do that because there are things that I'm going to have to think about that you're not thinking about. So it can get a little tiring for me or a little exhausting and I would rather just stay home because it's something I don't feel like managing today. Yeah, and I think that, again, that's a chronic, it's a chronic condition that you're managing and you have to know what your boundaries are. I think um, boundaries, that's like a great word that I've, 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 um, I've held on to a lot over the last year or so, um, just in so many different ways, but I think it applies to this too. It's just knowing boundaries and when, it's too much for you. And, um, when you have to say no, and when you have to kind of just know what, what's going to work for you and what's going to help you and what's not going to help you. So, um, do you feel like your asthma and eczema management have changed as you've entered in, into adulthood? Well, that's an interesting question. Yeah. I think, I mean, what's interesting is that it's come back. So I went through my teens without 
any big problems. I mean, we used to call me the like vampire child because I would stay in the shade in the summer and I would basically only come out when the sun was going down because when I get really hot, my eczema flares. So in the summer, if I'm out in the sun and I get hot and sweaty, like my whole body just like, everything flares. And that's up until now, that's been kind of the case. But as a teenager, I think it was a lot easier to just hang out inside because that's what teenagers do. (laughs) I don't know, maybe that's what I did as a teen. Um, But as an adult, you know, having like, eczema on your hands and having people to ask you what's going on is kind of a weird thing um to talk about and also having asthma as an adult has been a little frustrating you know I felt like it was a step back uh because now all of a sudden like 15 years later I'm back on a preventative it's like what the heck yeah I mean moving to a different environment can definitely do that and for me, it was the opposite. You know, I went from Michigan where I was like extremely allergic to everything to Chicago where it seemed to be better. And then to New York where it was, where it's been a lot better. And so my asthma went from like not being the greatest at times to like now I don't really notice it too much, but now slowly as I've lived in New York city longer, I'm starting to notice that I'm becoming allergic here. So, so I, I feel a shift in my, um, my allergies, like of my nose and eyes and also of my asthma slowly over time in New York city. So I totally sympathize with you. It's, it's, you know, it's an ebb and flow of asthma, eczema, allergies. They, they come and go and your environment definitely plays a huge part. And even like when I travel, when I was working in Africa for a little while, I remember, um, my, the allergies in my eyes got really bad. And it was almost like two, three weeks where I almost could barely open my eyes. And it wasn't until I found, um, I randomly found another doctor in this very small place that I was living in that, um, was actually from England and he was an ophthalmologist and he, and I know so lucky because at that point I was, I think I was a medical student and I didn't feel comfortable treating myself, especially not my eyes. And he ended up giving me, um, actually steroids for my eyes because I needed them. But I remember being miserable for two, three weeks of this rotation that I was on and just everyone kind of looking at me like, what is wrong with you? You know, cause my eyes are completely red and bloodshot and gross looking. And so, um, so I, I totally, yeah, allergies are, it's, it's not there. They kind of come and go whenever they want. <laughs> well, I think that's really interesting about the environment, you know, how that changes. Cause funny enough, I lived in Chicago for three years and I had no problems. Right. So everyone's different obviously. And that's why, getting tested for each individual person looks different. (laughs) I feel like at least we know a little bit more about you and your journey and all the things that you're doing. And they all sound so cool. And we're definitely going to have links to your blog, have links to the allergy travels um, blog, have links for the chef cards. You know, uh, I just, I feel like we've learned so much about all the things, all the things that you're doing to help patients with um, allergies. And now you're doing a podcast too. So you're just really, you're really helping the community in so many ways. And I think that's super awesome and impressive. And I learned something from 
you all the time through your posts. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Remember that all information you hear today is for informational purposes only and are not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider. And also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And if you have a second, help spread the word by rating our podcast and sharing with your friends and family who might also be interested in learning more about allergies, asthma, and immunology. You can always stay up to date by checking out our Instagram, The Itch Podcast, where you can leave questions you are itching to know, or check out our website, which is www.itchpodcast.com, which contains more information about the subjects we covered in today's episode and every episode. Until next time, have a fabulous week.